0: In this episode, Heather Kelly with Heather's Choice joins the show. We dive into her background, splurge buying food before a hunt, some of the things that I've tried, and a bunch of other things. I hope you enjoy the show. You are listening to the Archery Maniacs Podcast. This is Remy Warren. I am Rihanna Carey.
1: My name is Adam Foss. This is Paul Tetford professional archer
0: hey everyone i'm christy titus and you are listening to archery maniac we cover everything archery from the hunting side to the tournament side with stories tips and tactics gear reviews and more that, that helped my tuning game so much when i made sure that all my errors were square i'm just staring into his eyes blood's dripping off of its tines mud is everywhere the clarity these mavens offer is amazing i'm just like spider-man you know on this rock, you know, just laying there. <laughs> belly crawling in there and I can barely fit in there and I can hear the cat growling at me.
1: So I put my hand on his shoulder and pushed him and we just ran at this elephant. Where
0: in the heck have I been? (laughs) Man it's been a while since I uploaded a podcast and for that I apologize. You know, at the end of the day, it just comes down to excuses, and I apologize for not keeping up with the podcast. You guys have supported me, and I do. I I honestly feel bad that I slacked off on the podcast and didn't keep up and give you guys content to listen to. So where have I been? You know, I started a company called Battle Mountain Media, and I completely focused on it. I filmed a bunch of hunts. I did quite a bit of editing, and moving forward, Battle Mountain Media is going to be the host of the Archery Maniacs podcast. I am also planning on starting a Battle Mountain Media podcast and it's going to cover things that Archery Maniacs doesn't because obviously Archery Maniacs focuses on archery. Uh, Some of you may have noticed that Battle Mountain Media took over Archery Maniacs YouTube as well as Archery Maniacs Instagram. It's my plan to have weekly videos coming out on the Battle Mountain Media YouTube channel that will consist of hunting videos how-to videos gear reviews lessons learned and videos all along those lines as for the podcast i have quite a few scheduled for ata as well as western hunt expo so i'm really looking forward to those and getting you guys some awesome content once again i really appreciate your support and i really welcome honest feedback i hope that the videos as well as the podcast help you guys out don't be afraid to head on over to our youtube channel check it out and subscribe now Let's get into the show. Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. Uh, today we have Heather Kelly with Heather's Choice, the founder, the brain behind the nutrition that is being found in more and more packs out there across <laughs> the backcountry, which is which is excellent. You know, not just not just hunting, but uh, backpacking adventurers, climbers, you name it. They're starting to really lean on Heather's choice for you know, a good, solid, well-balanced meal in the backcountry that uh, doesn't happen to be some of the other, you know, freeze-dried <laughs> meals that we had we had come to find be and, named. <laughs> and become constipated from. So, <laughs> um, So, yeah, so we're going to dive into a little bit about her and her background, how she got started, me and my zero knowledge on food in my backpack um, and my shopping sprees before I go hunting. And then we'll end it with how to find her and and how to find her awesome food that is not a Walmart shopping spree. So, Heather, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to hop on the podcast.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. It's funny to hear you say that it's a free-for-all before you leave for your hunting trips. I had a suspicion that there were a lot of people out there who always waited to the last minute to pack their food for these trips that they've spent all year planning for. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
0: I have, I have honestly been on both sides of that. And and that's what I think might, might make this podcast really interesting. Um, But before we dive into that, you know, I, I think you have an exceptional background, you know, being on a rowing rowing team and everything like that in college. So, tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of where the, you know, the nerd bug for food got started and 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 instilled in you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I was born and raised in Bird Creek, Alaska, and I think that's a huge part of who I am because I still live in Bird Creek today in the house that I was born and raised in. And even getting to travel to the lower 48, after being here for a little while, I still am drawn back home to Alaska. And I think that has largely influenced my my life decisions. want to be somewhere where I can be outside and enjoying places like Alaska that are still truly wild. Uh, right when, when I was living in Bird Creek, my mom always fed me really good food. So I distinctly remember my mom would take me to the farmer's market on Saturdays and her and I would buy, say a 50 pound bag of shelled peas that were grown in Alaska. And then we would take them home and blanch them and save them for the winter. So I give all the credit to my mom of raising me on good food and instilling that good quality nutritional foundation in me from a very young age. And so I've carried that with me into my adulthood where I've just always known that food was really, really, really important for your long-term health. And so then when I left Alaska and went to college in Bellingham, Washington, I went from eating this super high quality, everything organic, uh, wild game, wild fish to eating in the dorms. And I don't know if you went <laughs> to college or ate dorm food, but it's not good for you, right?
0: I don't know. I mean, I, I never trapped so many times in a day in, in a while, to be <laughs> honest with you. Yeah. Right. It is, it
1: is, it's definitely food that's made for the masses is probably the best way to put it. That's a really good way to put it. And so I went from, again, just eating really good quality stuff to eating you know, donuts and skim milk and lots of cereal and just, just whatever was available to me at 24 hours a day. And I got really, really sick. And I actually had a uh, full-blown systemic psoriasis, which is an autoimmune condition. And I was like, what is happening? Like what, what changed? And I came to realize that what had changed was my diet. And so going through that process on my own, I was like, College kid was really valuable because I got to profoundly see how much food was impacting my health. And then, simultaneously, while I was in school, I was also training with my collegiate rowing team. And that was also really clear to me of how my weight and my strength and my physique and what I ate before, during, and after practice all of that impacted whether or not i was going to help my team win their national championship. So, long story short, i just have always been steeped in food and learning about how it impacts us on a day-to-day basis whether it's our athletic performance or it's how we show up and engage with people. I think food is just it's just the coolest <laughs> There's so much there to learn, yeah. and it, it oh, impacts man. everything. <laughs>
0: there is so much to learn. So in your college days when you got you know, into the position where it was, you know, my body is a temple and, and I need to utilize what I eat because that's going to directly correlate to how I perform, were you like – you know, like Rocky Balboaing that shit and slurping down raw eggs and stuff or what? Oh yeah,
1: all the stuff. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, honestly, that was, as a rower, I, it was almost my full-time job and I'm sure you can relate to that when you're getting ready for your hunting season, you know, training for that hunt, I imagine consumes a great deal of your time. And so it's not too different. And so I went from eating a primarily high carbohydrate, low fat diet, which is what a lot of endurance athletes are are kind of trained to do. You know, you need a lot of carbohydrates to replenish muscle glycogen because you're training all the time. You got to keep it low fat so you don't get too many calories and then pepper some protein in there. And that really didn't work for me. And I'm not, not to say that that doesn't work for other people, but for me and my physiology, that just didn't fly like I wasn't going to the bathroom I wasn't very lean even though I was exercising 24 hours a week and it was just a bad setup and then I started to learn about primal nutrition or the paleo diet for athletes and how we as humans evolved over millions of years as hunter gatherers and so our bodies are actually much more well adjusted to the diet of a hunter gatherer than that of a an agriculturalist and so I've found through my own experimentation and through my learning that I actually do a lot better on a higher protein higher fat moderate carbohydrate diet and so all of that is bled into the nutrition that we offer through my business Heather's Choice now
0: that is that's awesome that's and it's as you know, you don't see very often nowadays that somebody is truly doing something that they're passionate about and they love right it's it's hard uh especially you know when it's just a, just a job um but it sounds like obviously this is this is much more than just a job to you, which i I think fully portrays through in in the food that you you know that you're producing as as far as the variety that you offer, but also the type of nutrients and how good it truly is and how good it tastes. So I think that's, you know, just a testament to how much you truly are into what you're doing, which is awesome.
1: Yeah. Thank you. It's it's absolutely a passion project because there's a lot easier ways to make money than a food business. <laughs> <I laughs> Telling you what. Oh my gosh.
0: <laughs> yeah. Cause I would imagine, you know, just on, you know, The you probably have just on the licensing level you probably have to have a a lot of licenses and be cleared by certain companies to be able to manufacture your food and have some sort of cleanliness standards for your kitchen or whatever I would something along those lines I would assume.
1: Yeah, I mean we we have to check all the boxes. So we are we finally have our own dedicated kitchen space, which took almost three and a half years for us to to actually secure. And now in our kitchen in Anchorage, Alaska, we're governed by the DEC, which is our local health department, the FDA, and then also the USDA. And so just our paperwork trail is, it's pretty intense, but it is gratifying when you get people like yourself who, again, are planning these trips that are you're going to remember for a lifetime. And it's pretty cool that we get to provide you guys with the food that you're going to take on those adventures so it's all worth it
0: yeah that's awesome well uh you know I actually got to meet you in person uh <laughs> I was just standing there talking to Zach Kinner and here comes up this random lady with a tray full of food and I'm <laughs> like I'm like well hell I'm not going to pass down food ever I don't ever ask what it is either I'm just sho- I'm shoving that in my mouth and I see <laughs> that eat like, food. <laughs> yeah, that's my diet. And I look at it and I'm like, I don't, I have no clue what that is. I have no clue this lady. Is. And I just shove it in my mouth like, that is, that's really tasty stuff. And uh, just, and you just go on to the next group. And I look at Zach and I'm like, who the hell is this lady? <laughs> and he goes, well, that's, that's Heather Kelly. And I'm like, uh, and that is. And he's like, you know, Heather's choice. And I'm like, oh, gotcha. Now I know exactly who you're talking about. And I don't even know what I tried, but it was really good, Heather.
1: <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, I, I'm guessing it was a blueberry almond pakroon, And honestly, we call the puckeroons our gateway drug of how we try to get people hooked on our stuff. Because there's, <laughs> there's not too many people who don't like puckeroons, thankfully. Right,
0: right. No, it was it was really good. Um, and yeah, it was just kind of a funny way to meet someone. And and for those people that have never been on a been a podcast guest or been a podcast host it's it's really interesting by the time you get done talking with that person for hour to two hours you literally feel like you could be best friends and go do karate in the garage i mean (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome i mean it it seriously is like i mean i just i get done i'm like i've I feel like I know that person. When, when are they coming over for dinner? <laughs> you know, but it's to, to meet them in person, you know, uh, like, you know, I was able to meet you. And at that point, obviously I, I, I was talking with someone else in the middle of a conversation and you were gone as quick as you appeared, but
1: um, <laughs> like the bathroom room fairy. Yeah. Yeah,
0: exactly. You know, so at that point you had no clue that I was, even going to be bothering you with being on a podcast, but uh, now here we are, you know, becoming best friends and doing karate in the garage.
1: Yeah, it's pretty fun. I think what's cool about podcasts is that you get to be focused on one conversation for a good chunk of time. It's pretty rare that we get to, I like could say, spend that amount of quality time with people and really listen and be engaged, and podcasts are pretty darn powerful.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. And actually, uh, my wife grew up in Alaska and we'll be there uh, this summer. We're taking a trip there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What part of Alaska?
0: She grew up in Anchorage.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. That's fun. Well, when you guys come up, you should swing by our kitchen. We'll show you around.
0: I would, I will come do a podcast in person for you.
1: That'd be great. We will
0: tell all about your kitchen because you know my kitchen. uh, We have a designated kitchen area too, um, right down the hallway. (laughs) And I don't think it would be cleared for cooking quality food like you are.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I understand. Our, our, no. You make batches of food on like you know your your stove top for your family at home. Our Steam kettle we have for making batches of chili is forty gallons, so you have to hold it. Yeah, I literally have like a witch's cauldron. <laughs> <Pretty fun. laughs> so yeah, come on up, we'll make dress some food.
0: Up for as uh, for Halloween. Huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, sweet. So, like I kind of had mentioned, you know, a little bit earlier in the podcast, I have I've literally been on both sides of of the packing for a hunt or a camping trip or whatever right so I've been that guy that that I'm like hey I'm I'm going on this hunt and I need food for x amount of days and I I look what's in the cupboard and I make a list of what I don't have and I go to the store I get it all and I go hunting Mm -hmm. and I've also on the flip side been the person that is you know, weighing out how many almonds I'm taking. I'm dehydrating my meat. I'm making my own dehydrated meals. I'm putting together, you know, oatmeal and protein powder together. So I'm not just eating regular old instant oatmeal, which after day two makes you want to barf in a bag. Um, (laughs) well, people don't, you know, you don't realize that, you're like, Oh, I'm going to go lightweight. I'm just going to take oatmeal for every morning. And then after the day three, you would find yourself not even eating the oatmeal. And it's like, I got to have to figure out something different. Right. Yep. But so, so I've been on, on both sides where I really prepare. Like I, even this year, I've been dehydrating strawberries and blueberries and bananas,
1: awesome. and,
0: you know, measuring out some salty stuff. So, salty almonds and a very small portion of salty pretzels and measuring out protein powders with chia seeds and, you know, trying to mix and match. And then I started making peanut butter balls with, uh, with checks and honey and chia seeds. And (laughs) I'm like, I'm just throwing together all sorts of shit, Heather, to be honest with you, to try and figure out what is the lightest, and has the most calories, right, because as you know, especially as a backpacker, when I go back there for ten days, the lighter I can go back in there with, the better you know, obviously mm-hmm. um so, like I say, I've been on both sides of it, and this year, I'm going a little more in depth with you know weighing things out and adding in like the chia seeds that have a lot of omega threes and and I and I say that stuff like I know what I'm talking about, but I have no idea what the hell I'm talking about. I read that off the box. Okay. No, I'm dead serious. I, I don't want people to think that I know what I'm talking about because I don't. And that's why I'm so excited to have you on this podcast. I I know that uh that they have the chia seeds that I know I, I used to pronounce it chai seeds. That's oh, yeah. I know. Right? So so <laughs> So I know that they, that they do have healthy stuff and they're, you know, they're very lightweight and they have quite a bit of fat. So it's like, great. That's gotta be good to put in your shit. (laughs) Yeah. It's not going to hurt anything. I started putting it in my stuff, but, um, so with what I've told you, let's, let's kind of talk about, uh, some of the stupid things that I've done. And some of the some of the good things I've done. And then we'll kind of dive into the different ways that I've felt throughout this journey of nonsense that I have no idea which direction I'm going.
1: That sounds great. <laughs> uh can I so can I ask just because I think this part is important, can I ask what your diet looks like when you're not in the mountains? Absolutely. So um especially recently.
0: Um, I eat a lot of red meat due to, I, I think last year, my wife and I together, all together shot 12 or 14 or 16 animals or something. Wow. I don't know. A you lot. must have a
1: big family to feed. Holy smoke.
0: I, and, and I, I, I honestly there for a while, I could eat like five or six animals by myself because <laughs> <laughs> um, they're like, you know, I just. I I eat a lot of red meat, um, and then I eat. i lately I have transitioned into eating a lot of veggies. You know, whether that be you know like iceberg salads, salads uh, green beans, um, asparagus, Brussels sprouts, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been trying to get away from eating a ton of carbs with all that. Um, sure. I I feel like I always have a craving for carbs, but I've also noticed that if I eat and then wait for about 15 or 20 minutes, that craving's gone and I feel fine.
1: Mm -hmm. So
0: um, that's that's usually, you know, I usually wake up in the morning and the only time I get the jitters in the morning is if I've drank too much coffee and not eaten anything, Mm -hmm. Um, but I can literally get up in the morning and just drink water and not have to eat until ten, eleven or twelve um, it, it just depends you know sometimes I can get up and I'm hungry at eight and sometimes I get up and I'm not hungry until ten or eleven so I kind of just eat in the mornings uh when I get hungry and I generally eat something like um eggs bacon and sometimes a little bit of potatoes. I try not to eat tons of potatoes. Um or I have a protein shake. Very rarely. Once in a while I have, you know, pancakes or whatever, but I usually make my own pancakes. So they end up being protein pancakes. Um like Kodiak cakes with extra protein added.
1: Mm-hmm. Um
0: and then sometimes I'll eat cereal, but very you know not very often do I eat cereal um and then you know, like I said, the other meals are basically consists of
1: uh
0: like red meats and uh veggies and lots of cheese type stuff and rice or s- some sort of pasta but I like I said try not to eat a ton of that because there for a while I'd make a rice a and I'd eat the whole damn thing and it's like holy shit
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. this is that's supposed you, to be a family serving like wow. that's what I wanted to know like when I used to do these interviews when I was doing nutrition coaching I'd ask people like oh what do you eat and they're like oh you know I eat, I eat vegetables and I'm like okay give me like the juicy details if you weren't talking to a nutritionist what <laughs> and you were like having you know your your epic cheat day, then what would you be eating? So sometimes right. that's a little more telling. <laughs> right. No, and
0: I, like I told you, when I, I like, I literally have nothing to hide. I don't. Um, and I would say probably once a week, I'll have something like cookies or whatever. Um, and then probably once every other week, I'll have something like popcorn at night. Um, but like I say, lately I have, I've been doing pretty decent, staying away from eating the whole box of rice aroni. Um, (laughs) and I've, and I've been doing good. I used to eat quite a bit of like frozen pizzas, which are just terrible for you, but they're so easy and they taste so good. Um, but lately I've been doing pretty good. If we do have a frozen pizza rather than eating the whole frozen pizza, I'll eat you know, like one slice and then supplement with, you know, red meats or something other than just frozen pizza. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, so,
1: so yeah. So what what other questions do you have? <laughs> uh, Zach, how old are you?
0: I am 28 years young, but generally you could say I'm probably like 12. <laughs> uh, no, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding.
1: Yeah, I'm 28. <laughs> okay. Uh, so what I have seen for a lot of the guys that I've worked with over the last few years with nutrition is that come about like 30, there's almost like a, a flip that gets sw- switched. Like at one point in your life, you maybe could have gotten away with eating frozen pizzas or the whole box of rice aroni and there'd be no negative impact. You so, that sound about right, Heather. I am
0: telling you there for a while, and this is this is no shit. I would wake up in the morning, I would take two scoops of protein powder, I would eat two sandwiches at ten, two sandwiches at twelve, two sandwiches at two, and I'd go home and I'd eat dinner and then I'd eat again before bed and in yep. a month and a half, I gained two pounds, yep, that's. <laughs> I was like I know, what in not the fair. fuck is my problem? <laughs> 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 I'm like yeah. in the gym just pumping weight. I'm like, Oh yeah, we're gonna get ripped. Nothing happened. And then yeah. and then not only did I get older, but I started to drink more alcohol. And not to not to the point where I was like alcoholic or anything, but I was drinking probably one or two drinks a night or every other night or every third night you know? Sure. And so it's like, yep, that shit's got to stop because I'm looking in the mirror and and I still, I've only gained like three pounds, but I'm looking in the mirror and I'm like, my face is getting fat and I need to do something about it.
1: (laughs) Sure. Yeah. (laughs) And so that's what's so interesting to me is it seems like for a lot of guys, there is a period of time where you can get away with just about anything nutritionally. Right. And then all of a sudden something happens and you don't have the metabolism of like a 20 year old anymore now you're you're getting closer to 30 and your body's changing and so i always think that that's really interesting when guys hit that transition point because it's usually kind of like a whoa what happened (laughs) what the shit is going on yeah like i gotta pay attention to this stuff now and so It's nice to hear you say that you're already starting to to focus on proteins and some vegetables and being careful about carbohydrates. Because as you were talking about the nutrition that you're planning for your backcountry hunt, one of the first things that comes to mind for me is really for people to focus on their nutrition way before the hunt even happens, like all year round. Right. Because if you are always dosing yourself with carbohydrates. So let's say as an example, if I wake up in the morning, and I have like a fruit smoothie, and then a couple hours later, I have a Lara bar. And then for lunch, I have like a really big rice bowl with, uh, I don't know, a piece of chocolate afterward or a candy bar. And then for dinner, I have pasta and wine, and then I have dessert. I've probably taken in 300 grams of carbohydrates in a day and for the majority of people like that many grams of sugar because the carbohydrates from potatoes and pasta all convert into sugar just like a piece of candy it ends up being such an intense amount of sugar that your body's like whoa like I didn't actually work out for that long today maybe I only did like an hour walk or maybe I only worked out for 20 minutes like what am I going I to do with computer. this sugar? Yeah. You know, right. my or fingers you... were working hard. <laughs> yeah, I can type 60 miles a minute. I'm freezing. <laughs> uh, so it just ends up being that our bodies are always dealing with this excess of sugar and they don't know what to do. And so we, our body does what it knows to do, which is to store it as fat for a later use. And so I see that a lot when people are planning for their backcountry hunts is if they... If they're eating sugar all the time, it becomes very difficult for them suddenly to go out into the hills, work harder than they have all year round and have taken all of the sugar out of their diet and try to just eat more fat. And people typically feel like death because they haven't (laughs) trained their bodies to access fat for fuel. Does that sound familiar at all? Or if I make it. Yeah. Well, so, so another thing I
0: need to mention is I did uh, a, a strict keto diet for several months. Okay. Um, cause, cause I knew, um, I knew that I couldn't try it for a week. And my body, once again, I don't know anything about it, but my wife has looked into it and she's much more knowledgeable on the subject than I am. And she, she had mentioned, you know, you need to try it for, probably at the shortest a month but two months or longer would be better Mm -hmm. and so I was I was literally tracking everything Heather and I I was staying I think under 25 carbs a day and um and and I was you know eating a lot of protein protein has never been an issue for me I mean there's literally been times where for Week or two straight, every lunch, I would eat literally a whole pound of hamburger for lunch. So, so protein has never, never really been the issue. Um, cause I, I, I consumed so much meat. Um, but I didn't, I didn't notice a huge difference on the keto diet. You know, I, I really didn't. I didn't feel like I had more energy. I didn't feel, I, I still felt tired all the time, and that's something that we can get into after, you know, a little bit later down in the podcast, Um, kind of some of my feelings uh, and how my body reacted to what I've been doing to it, which usually isn't very good stuff. But um, the – I did try the keto, and so that's what made us make our – started, you know, got us into making our own backpack meals is because we're like – well, I can't eat a mountain house now when I go back in the backcountry. I'm – my body needs keto. So, uh, you know, we looked up uh, heavy whipping cream and powders and cheeses and powders and uh, things like that so that we could make our own uh, dehydrated meals that were, you know, keto-friendly and higher higher in fat than – you know, they had, they had quite a bit of protein just because I shoved so much meat into the bag. But, um, yeah, so – so that that's something that I did forget to mention. That's kind of what got us on the whole making our own meals thing. Um, then I went on this hunt, though, and probably a week before the hunt, like a dumb shit, I stopped eating keto. And I was like, so yeah, so then I get on this hunt, and all I have is keto in my backpack. And you want to talk about being wrecked and jittery, and my body just didn't know what to do. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Uh I'm I'm gonna step over my soapbox for a second. So one one of the things that I see people do a lot, because I know keto is like it's really hot, it's really trendy right now, it does great things for the right group of people. But unfortunately what can happen, and I'm not saying this is the case for you, but just something to consider. If you are on a ketogenic diet and say you're you're counting your carbs and you're making sure that you're staying low carb, but then if you're still say exceeding like 80 grams of protein, which is what do you want to say? Wanna say that's like it's less than a pound of protein. So it's it's really not that much. If you're exceeding uh something around eighty to ninety grams of protein depending on the person, then your body can actually take that excess protein and convert it into sugar through gluconeogenesis and actually keep you from becoming fat adapted. And so if well, you're shit I know, I'm sorry to like, <laughs> break it to you, but you maybe never got keto adapted. I oh, might have, yeah, because I'm sure I was, uh,
0: I because I uh, normally, you know, I, as you know, you switch from eating carbs to fat for the first little while. You're like, oh my God, I'm starving. <laughs> I'm dying. <laughs> I'm dying. <laughs> Somebody <save> so, <laughs> I ate more mozzarella cheese sticks. Than I have ever eaten in my. I, I literally probably could have bought stock in Montreal cheese sticks. <laughs> like <laughs> uh, it, it was insane. So I ate a lot of that, and and you're right. I, I probably was. Cons- I don't remember the, the the amount of grams back then that I was eating as far as meat, but I probably was eating too
1: much. Yeah, so that's that's kind of my first uh, problem with keto is just how. Uh, diligent and careful you need to be with it and again not mocking it i think it's a great strategy it's a very therapeutic diet uh however if we go into it and i i would be this person like you can't stop me with a 16 ounce ribeye like i'm going to eat the whole thing but that can actually kick us out of being fat adapted and into again, turning that excess protein into sugar, which then gets metabolized, just like if as if we would eaten a potato with it. So that's one thing that I see a lot of times for people who are really trying to make sure that they're, they're keto adapted or they're high fat. If they don't do that for the months, like six to eight to 12 months preceding their hunt, it's really painful when you get out there and all you brought with you is heavy whipping cream and chia seeds. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't even have chia seeds back then. No. <laughs> Hell no.
0: That was another. I, I had almonds too. And I don't even like almonds, but I was shoving fistfuls of almonds in my mouth. And we made we made homemade fat bombs too.
1: Yeah. I'm, we did do yeah. that. So I, if, if it were me, just from, from my perspective as a, you know, old school nutrition gal, I think that someone like you or someone like me who, I mean, Zach, how many, how many days a week do you exercise training for archery season? Um,
0: I try to do actual cardio, um, five days a week.
1: Uh, Okay.
0: Varying things, you know, whether I'm walking with a pack or you know, you know, up and down hills or jogging or whatever, and then I do some sort of like uh, push-ups or pull-ups. I alternate and I do that, you know, every other day for six days a week. Um,
1: Okay, so let's say you're you're cooking through some sugar, whether you're like hiking up a hill or you're like doing sets of ten pull-ups or twenty or whatever. Like it doesn't matter. You're you're physically active. And so when we're doing those activities, we can, depending on the intensity, be burning carbohydrates, be burning sugar and just a little bit of glucose. And so that doesn't mean that you need to take in three hundred grams or four hundred or five hundred or six hundred grams of carbohydrates a day like many Americans do with a standard American diet. But it means that you can probably eat that cookie. Yeah, totally. That's got like grams of sugar at minimum so right right, i i think that there is a balance where we can say be between let's just put it on like a broad number let's say i weigh 150 pounds if i had 150 grams of carbohydrates a day as a physically active individual i'm probably going to be still pretty good at burning fat for fuel because i probably stop eating dinner by eight o'clock and don't eat again until eight or 10. So I go 12 to 14 hours a day without eating food and I survive. And then I'm not eating so many carbohydrates that my body becomes completely dependent on sugar, but I am eating enough carbohydrates that I can eat some fruit, I can eat some vegetables, I can have a grain here or there, and I can actually replenish some of the muscle glycogen that I burn during my hard, intense workouts that I need to be doing in preparation for hunting season. So I I just obviously have some very strong opinions about the big push for keto. And I think it's so extreme for the most people that they can't adhere to it over the long haul, and then they fail, and then they say, this stuff doesn't work, or right. hey, this stuff doesn't work for me for a lifetime. So I, I just think that there is a, a middle ground between being like, careless with your nutrition and being keto. There's, there's a lot between those two ends of the spectrum.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And and I, I would agree with you. I had, uh, I, I had Lion, the founder of Warrior Fuel on the podcast. Mm
1: -hmm. Um,
0: and he and I were talking about the same thing. He's like, you know, he's like, I don't, I don't really believe in a full on keto diet. He's like, I don't believe that's what's the best for you. You know, and, and he and he started talking. And once again, I am not a nutritionist, and I could not, yeah. I could not tell back to you what Ryan said um, to save my life. So when the new podcast launched, you guys will have to go check that out because he he made some very good points that would I I feel would be very hard to argue. But he he was talking about the same thing. He's like, you know, I try to do. like a low carb and he's like, I, I try to stay under say a hundred grams of carbs and then, and then have higher fat and high, you know, higher protein or whatever, whatever for him, you know, he, he's obviously very into it, knows his body extremely well. So that, that's, that's like 99% of the battle I would assume is actually knowing your body, knowing what your body needs to burn the fat and burn the carbs and Stay, you know, have energy to do things. Is you, you got to learn that.
1: <laughs> yeah, and once you once you kind of get curious, and let's say you use something like a a My Fitness pal or some sort of food tracker, even if you didn't change anything with your diet, you just got in there and said, okay, today I had four eggs, a box of rice, roni and <laughs> you know, like a frozen pizza. Just like, just put it in there, and you might see like oh, you know what, I only had a 1000 calories today. No wonder I feel like shit. And like, I don't have any energy. Or you might put it in there and be like, dude, did you know that there's 2000 calories in a frozen pizza? Like, I probably don't need to eat the whole thing for dinner. Right. So if you don't have that awareness, then you don't know and you can't do better. So exactly, it,
0: exactly. Yeah, you
1: you can't you
0: can't change what you don't track.
1: Mhm. Yeah, and that's something that I just want to like lob out there for especially for the the men that might be listening. One of the values I really see in tracking your nutrition whether you're going hunting or not is if you do this for a while and you start to get a grasp on how carbohydrates are impacting your body or even how many you're eating a day, what you what you can notice, let's say you find out like, you know what, 200 grams of carbohydrates feels best for me. Like I have plenty of energy for my workouts. I sleep well at night. Uh, I just feel good. I get to eat some of the foods I love. So let's say you start, you have a phase in your life where you start eating 250 or 300 grams of carbohydrates. But you might notice right away as you start to pack on weight right around the midsection. It's like that are you familiar with the spare tire that people get like around the middle? Right, right. And so immediately that's your body saying, hey, like we're, we're cranking out too much insulin and we're becoming insulin insensitive and we're taking in too much sugar. And so when you get more familiar with what your body actually needs, you can then actually see it in the mirror and feel it around the waistband of like, okay, my body is telling me that I have been drinking wine too many nights a week or eating too many carbohydrates and I need to dial it back. So you just all of a sudden have this barometer that you can use versus being so dependent on a dieting strategy or a fad or a book to tell you what your body needs. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Uh, With that. So is it, are are you, is your body getting, the energy that you need from the fats and the carbs, is that where the main source of energy is coming from?
1: Yeah. So our body actually stores thousands of calories worth of fat, which is probably not surprising, but even a really slender individual will have intramuscular fat and they will have some source of body fat because that it's going to keep us alive in the event that we go into starvation mode. So ideally, your body should not be using protein for fuel. Protein is it's more of a building block. And so we need it in our diet on a daily basis to maintain the muscular structure that we have. Or we need more of it if we're trying to gain new lean muscle mass. But ideally, our body should be flexible enough that they can either use The sugar that we just ate from a strawberry or pasta or a grain, whatever, we should be able to utilize that for fuel. And then we should also be able to tap into stored body fat or the fat that we just had in a meal for energy as well. So that's kind of, in my opinion, the ideal setup is that we basically have two fuel tanks instead of just being dependent on fat or just being dependent on sugar. Gotcha. That's cool,
0: that and that makes sense because that's that's kind of uh, as I've told you. You know, this this year I've already I've already started measuring. Uh, God, measuring all sorts of shit. Um, <laughs> uh, seriously, the other day I was like pulled out my tent steaks, and I was even measuring that and I just, or weighing those. You know, I was thinking, what the hell am I doing? But anyways, as far as as far as food goes. You know, I've been um, measuring out the the chia seeds and protein powders and jerky and all kinds of stuff and just, I, I don't know, trying trying to see what weight of certain things looks like, just trying to see how much that takes up, trying to see... What combination of what is going to get me X amount of fat, X amount of carbs, and X amount of proteins?
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: without knowing a damn thing, <laughs> I I am trying to shoot for, um, especially in the backcountry, higher fat, um, moderately high carbs, and higher proteins – is that smart or is that stupid of me? <laughs>
1: yeah, I so I think that, it, I'm sure it's all like well-intentioned and you're doing a great job. Probably what I not. find, <laughs> no, you, you're not too far off. So I think that for people who are planning these backcountry hunts, it there's the the tendency to want to try to pack, say something like 5,000 calories a day. But honestly, to go from eating, say, 2,000 calories on your normal standard everyday diet to not only, like, shoving 5,000 calories in your face every day, but then also digesting and assimilating that much, it's really a lot of food. And that's part of the reason people don't feel very good while they're out there. They're just trying to force calories when we sometimes just need to admit, like, Sorry, I'm going to be in a deficit for this week, and I'll be okay because I have stored body fat to shed.
0: <laughs> right, right, and and I guess I should I should have I should have mentioned I'm also trying to shoot for like twenty five hundred to three thousand calories, uh, okay, a day, uh, because I've because as we mentioned there for a while, I could I could literally at home, working or whatever, I could literally eat three thousand, four thousand, five thousand calories a day, and still be hungry right so there for a while I was literally shoving everything in my backpack because I get hangry and when I get hangry (laughs) like nothing good comes from that so I would just shove everything in my backpack because it's like you know I don't want to go out there and be hungry and I was finding myself getting back and still having food so this year it is my goal to be Nutritionally well balanced with the food I'm consuming, um, but also be consuming all my food that I've packed for every day, so that yeah. I'm not packing around useless weight. A, um, but you know, B, I'm not coming home with all this all this shit that I either got tired of eating or <laughs> yeah, you know it is. You get out there and you start not eating something before you know it you have four bags left of this one thing. You're like, son of a bitch, that's all I got left now. <laughs>
1: right. Exactly.
0: <laughs> and I, yeah, just, I I don't want that to happen. And um and yeah, so I, that that's another thing that I'm trying to uh trying to plan for is is actually Having the food that I actually need there to eat, and not all this extra stuff that just just because my mind is telling me, well, you don't want to be hungry. You know what I mean?
1: Yep, for sure. And so I think that all all the stuff that you're doing leading up to the trip of trying to eat more, eat more high quality proteins and more vegetables, start getting more fiber start like being careful of the the amount of carbohydrates that you're eating all of that stuff is going to dramatically impact how you feel when you get out there because that that sense of hangriness that you get really is <laughs> it's your body basically saying like hey you jerk I haven't had sugar in the last two or three hours and I need you to dose me again like it's it's almost as if you're I don't know if you have kids or not, but if you have children and you give them, you give them candy and then they turn into little monsters and you're like, what (laughs) the hell just happened? Like your body is literally doing the same thing. So if you can get better at accessing body fat for fuel by following a moderate carbohydrate diet, not necessarily going keto, but just getting more fat adapted, it will serve you well when you're out in the field.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. So, uh, you know, I am, I'm so ignorant, honestly, to uh, nutrition and everything like that. I don't, I honestly don't even know how I'm supposed to know what kind of protein I should be looking at, um, what kind of fat intake I should be looking at, what kind of carbs.
1: Um, Do you want to do that together? (laughs) I can help.
0: (laughs) I, 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 I don't know. I guess Heather, I think you could help with a lot of things. Like, how, do you have several weeks? Um, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. Not several weeks. Um, but but, ser- you know, seriously. So, uh, and and I, I want to say that because I know that all the people, very few people that I go with, know that stuff.
1: Sure. Very
0: very few. I'm I'm organized and consuming much better nutrition than they are. So I'm. Once again, like I told you, I have no problem being honest. So um, I I would love to go through that stuff and figure that stuff out. Absolutely. but
1: um, We could do just some like really quick and dirty math, if you think, just so people get like any sort of grasp on how they would calculate this for themselves versus saying like, I've either got to be, I've got to be high calorie or high fat or both. We can just use some quick and dirty math to give you at least a starting point.
0: Wicked, yeah, because like, like I say, I would assume that um, – and and I hate to assume something like that, but judging by when you go and meet somebody at a camp and they have donuts and all sorts of other sh- like literal shit food, I'm like probably there's a lot of people out here that don't have any idea how to even know what they should be consuming, especially under high-stress high-output
1: circumstances. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's why I'm such an advocate of, like, this stuff has to start at home. You can't plan no. your nutrition for a hunt the day before you leave. <laughs> it's not <laughs> going to go super well. Uh, so then, yeah. Zach, I already asked how old you are, and I'm going to ask you how much you weigh.
0: <laughs> I weigh, uh, I think, 158 or 159 pounds. Okay, we'll call it 160,
1: just as an easy Let's number. do it. That's alright. It just makes me. I'm just gonna have to run harder tonight. (laughs) So, if you're 160 pounds, do you have any idea, any consideration of what your body fat percentage would be? Um, I I'm really
0: lean. Um, I have some around the midsection, but that is that's probably, and I mean, it's I don't know when I when I like put it between my fingers, it might be a half inch. Okay, so let's let's just like maybe twenty two. I don't. I I have no clue, Heather. Maybe fifty.
1: Let's. I don't care. (laughs) I'm gonna. So let's pick like an easy number. Let's say that as like a a lean, active male, you're ten percent body fat. Holy shit! You're thinking I am looking sexy. Okay. (laughs) I'm I am, to the benefit of the doubt
0: here I am cool with that, I'm sure my wife would think you're nuts, but uh, sure I so I will go with
1: that, yeah, you can go go home and tell her, like, did you know I'm only ten percent body fat oh, she's sitting in the next room she's probably okay, so to me say this let's let's just play fun numbers. let's say you're hundred and sixty pounds and ten percent body fat, so if you were that weight, that would mean you'd have. 16 pounds of fat mass, which means you have 144 pounds of lean muscle mass you need to support. Does that still make sense? Uh,
0: Yep. I, I'm not sure what you did to come up with those numbers, but yeah, that makes perfect sense. Okay.
1: <laughs> so if you have <laughs> 144 pounds of lean muscle mass, when you are out in the backcountry, I'm going to guess it's safe to assume you do not want to lose any of your muscle mass, right? You no, don't want to I... lose like... You want to, like, maintain as best you can. My muscle mass, absolutely. I would
0: love to, like, trim down and actually get to this 10% that you speak of. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, so one of the, the first number I want you to, like, get drilled into your head is that for you, I would say you want to hit at a minimum of 145 grams of protein per day, whether that's at home or in the field. Okay. And so if it's a, let's take 145 and let's say that there is, there's about eight, seven or eight grams of, gosh, I haven't done this math in a while. Now I'm feeling uh, rusty. We're created there's seven grams of protein per ounce of meat. So if I have a 10 ounce steak, it has 70 grams of protein. So I know I'm throwing a lot of math out there at you, but I, I will follow up via email. So if if you wanted to make sure, thanks, Heather. <laughs> I'm I'm like waving my hands at an alarming rate. And I'm like, you can't see me. He probably is not it's recognizing my I, gestures. I'm I'm not
0: recognizing your gestures, but um, and and I hate people that brag. I really do. It it pisses me off. But I do have a mathematics degree, so so far I follow.
1: Oh, good. Okay, so <laughs> perfect. Thank you. So then. You can do that quick and easy math, and and say if I need 145 grams of protein a day, just to round up 144, then yep. I need I need 20 ounces of red meat or chicken or whatever in my diet on a daily basis. Yeah, which we already figured out, like you do that already. So even if you had three square meals a day, that would be nearly seven ounce portions of protein at every meal. So breakfast, lunch, and dinner. But as you so know, can you probably... Count,
0: can you count eggs with that? Or
1: yep. does it have to be yep. red meat? Okay. Nope. So like one egg would be considered one ounce of protein. So if you had gotcha. four eggs at breakfast, that'd be four of your 20 ounces. Gotcha. And so the reason why this is so important is because with those 145 grams of protein, that it's only going to give you 580 calories a day. So it's it's a lot of food. It's, you know, 20 ounces of protein is nothing to shake a stick at. However, the amount of calories that you get from lean protein like that still isn't very much, right?
0: Right. And I've noticed when I eat just a ton of meat and really nothing else, in a, in an hour or two, I am, I am very hungry.
1: <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's not enough calories. So that's why we need fats and we need carbohydrates as well. So if I could make a recommendation as you're planning for your backcountry hunt, if you can use a nutrition tracker or a spreadsheet or whatever, you want to do it, see if you can get 140 to 150 grams of protein a day because that will really help you maintain your lean muscle mass while you're out there. And it will also help with your appetite regulation where you won't feel like you want to eat your arm off (laughs) because you're so hungry. (laughs) Okay. So then let's also assume that as like an active young male that I'm just going to give you a number and say, 150 grams of carbohydrates a day would be probably a minimum. So let's give you 200. Just assuming that you're coming into your season, you're going to be working hard. 200 grams of carbohydrates a day probably isn't too much considering the amount of exercise that you're getting. Does that sound reasonable? So
0: that that actually brings up a question right there. If I am wanting to, <clears throat> to trim up
1: mm-hmm. wherever,
0: you know, I, I don't know wherever wherever I have fat I just want to trim up um, would I then eat less carbs is that is that basically the way I would do that or
1: if if you were if I was working with you that's a place I would start but I wouldn't take you down to the twenty five grams a day if anything I would say you know what if you can commit to doing one hundred and fifty grams a day or one sixty you know a gram per pound of body weight. If you could consistently do that for a couple months and like promise me, like, yes, Heather, I did actually measure how much sweet potato I had with dinner and like, I ate 160 grams a day, you would trim up. I, I guarantee it. <laughs> so, um, because once again, what could have been happening during your keto experiment was that you were eating, uh, calories without Measuring them, just like I'm hungry mozzarella stick. I'm hungry ribeye. I'm hungry beef. Like it might have actually (laughs) (laughs) totally. And you might have like your sheer calorie intake, even though it was ketogenic, could have been too much. Like straight up, like three thousand calories. If you're only burning two thousand a day, it's still a thousand extra calories that your gut body has to figure out what to do with. Right. So I would say, you know, leading up to this trip, if you want to put it at 160 grams of carbohydrates a day, that's still, that's only 640 calories. So we have a 580 from protein. We have 640 from carbohydrates. So we're still only at 1,220 calories. So let's say you want to trim up and eat a 2,000 calorie a day diet just for fun. Take two thousand minus one thousand. There for a while,
0: I was on. Let's see. I was eating fourteen hundred calories a day.
1: Jack, this is so fun for me. (laughs) It makes my blood boil. Like I cannot tell you. Like just seeing how much work and effort you have put into trying to figure this stuff out and then I'm assuming not seeing the results that you want well wait wait till let as soon as we get done with this we'll
0: jump into my results Heather and and we can talk about blood boiling
1: (laughs) oh my gosh like I just I like really feel for how hard you're working at this and I feel so terrible that you haven't found something that works for you yet so 2,000 calories a day is, it's not, it's not too much. That might even be too low for you considering the amount of exercise that you're getting. So we, we, right now,
0: we do need to discuss the amount of exercise that I'm getting because it's like pulling teeth to get me to run. I (laughs) hate cardio. So when I, I guess I should preface that when I say I do some sort of cardio, um, like when I walk up and down the hill behind my house, yeah, it's an elevation game. Yeah, I have forty pounds in my backpack, but I, I go like four or five times and that that might be like thirty to forty five minutes. And then some days I run up and down the hill and then some days I jog around for twenty to thirty minutes. So it's not like an insane amount of exercise. So I, I do need to preface that. I'm not gonna sit here and lie to you and say, like, I'm a Heather Kelly and I am living in the gym and when I'm rowing, you know, I don't do that. And I, and I, I, there for a while I did, you know, I lived in the gym when I was in college, but, um, the gym now is 30 some odd minutes away and, and there's no way in hell that I'm going to go to the gym. So I do my own thing, but it's not like an insane amount, you know, I'm not going out and running 10, 15 miles or anything crazy like that. So I do want to do want to preface that.
1: Yeah, for sure. So that's where we can say that a 2000 calorie a day diet in your off season, especially if you want to trim down, probably is a pretty safe bet. Like, again, if you could commit to that and do that for a, a chunk of time and show me like, Heather, here is my food log. Like I actually ate 2000 calories a day. I didn't just like, yes, you would see some traction with that.
0: Right. So- and I
1: think I
0: think, uh, and and this goes with anything I've ever done in my life. And I'm sure a lot of people like this. I, I'm like, you know what? If I, if I do 2000 calories a day, it might take me two months. But if I do 1800, it might be a month and a half. Well, what if I do 1500? Maybe I can get there in a month.
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh. The body doesn't work that way. (laughs) But I mean, that's, i was in that spot when i was a college athlete i was like okay well i need to drop 10 pounds in order to have a better weighted erg score i'm gonna knock myself down to a thousand calories a day and get there faster but the problem with that is that our body says holy cow i'm dying like this person is trying to kill me they're trying to starve me to death so what should i do i should hold on to body fat like it's my job and i should let go of lean muscle mass it's fast as possible, because that's just expensive calorie wise. Gotcha. So that's, that's why we have to make sure that we're giving our muscles what they need. And we're also not putting ourselves into this starvation mode, which is counterproductive to our goals.
0: Gotcha. So, oh, another terrible thing that I do, and and I don't, well, I'm a super positive person, <laughs> I really am, but a very terrible thing that I do is I don't drink near enough water, and I know that I don't. I mean, there's days when I literally drink one glass of
1: water, Heather. Dude, we're going to have to do this again. You're, you're eh. gonna, we're going to have to, like, talk weekly <laughs> and get you on track so that you have, like, the best hunting season of your life because well imagine that, how good you could feel
0: that sounds excellent um however i i'm <clears throat> and you're gonna cringe when i say this but i've literally made three liters of water in the backcountry last three days
1: <laughs> you're like a camel and that
0: that is <laughs> that is using that water to cook some meals too oh
1: my gosh! yes but you know, how much better would you feel if you were hydrated <laughs>
0: I don't know. I've never been there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: right? I don't know. Now, like are we talking water. about are we talking about hydrated with water, whiskey, or coffee? Because I'm pretty sure I've been hydrated with coffee before.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I'm in your same camp. I just wish I could drink water and wine or wa- coffee and wine and skip water altogether. So I right. understand. <laughs> right. Okay, so the last piece of math just to finish that piece up, you would need to get a 780 uh, calories from fat for your 2000 calorie diet. You would need 86 grams of fat a day. So that's still, still, still a substantial amount. You're going to be like putting, you're going to be cooking your eggs in butter and like, you know, putting some olive oil on your broccoli or whatever. So your 2000 calorie diet that's not high carb, it's also not keto. It's pretty like, just sustainable, moderate across the board, you get to have your meat, your vegetables, and your fat. And they're going to be in pretty dang good shape by the time hunting season comes around. And then when it's time to pack up all your food for your hunt, you can know I need 145 grams of protein. I can probably up my carbohydrates and be working my tail off. So maybe I'll take two or 300 grams of carbs a day and the rest of those calories are going to come from fats whether that's chia seeds or coconut or heavy whipping cream, <laughs> whatever you want. <laughs>
0: I don't know that I want any of those. and It's not like it tastes good.
1: Just like I just
0: shove it in my mouth because <clears throat> it's in
1: my backpack. Yeah, for sure. So that's kind of my – that's your nutrition 101 just for whatever it's worth. <laughs> cool. Cool.
0: Well, that is – um maybe, you know, maybe I will – uh w- when you send me that in the email, if you could have the math done and then I can put the math of how that all was figured in the show notes and, uh, the, you know, then, then people can look at that and hopefully be able to help themselves out as well. That would be really cool.
1: Yeah. I'd be happy to send that along. So now so, you're going to tell me how you actually felt. What your yeah. Results have been. <laughs> so
0: my results have been, um, I – there for a while, the heaviest I've ever been in my life was 164 pounds, and I felt like I was fat, and now I'm down to 158 pounds, and um, I still feel that I could lose – I don't know. Like if you could quantify it in just fat, uh, maybe five pounds more, eight pounds more, I I honestly don't know because I – I know you're being just so nice when you say I'm at 10% fat, but I, I honestly don't – I have no clue what I'm at. I would – I feel the only spot that I have any kind of fat is around the midsection, but I, I don't know how you even measure that. I, I I have no idea. You go to the doctor probably and they can measure it. I I have no idea. Yeah,
1: There's all kinds of ways. <laughs>
0: no. Oh, look a- at you. Let, let's put it this way: If I get into water, I sink immediately. <laughs> uh, okay, so that tells you probably nothing. But I wanted to throw that fun fact about me in there. I do not like you to, can't swim. I, I can swim, but I don't. I don't really tread water. I I sink. Uh, uh, yeah, I tread water, and then like my legs slowly start to sink, and I'm just like, well, we're going under, boys.
1: Um, anyways,
0: (laughs) but I, through everything that I've tried, I have, uh, and, uh, back a while, um, I don't know, four or five years ago, I was drinking a lot of water. I was drinking probably a gallon of water a day. Um, and I was eating really high proteins and things like that, you know, and, Throughout all this stuff, I have remained to feel tired pretty much most of the day. I have never really gained a lot of muscle uh, or really a lot of fat for that matter, but I've also never lost a lot of muscle or fat for that matter. So, everything that I've really dove into and tried, and whether I'm working out super hard in the gym or you know, getting up in the morning and doing some sort of quick workout, and then going to the gym in the evening—all that stuff that I've tried—I've remained roughly the exact same weight, <laughs> and I've also remained tired <laughs> throughout throughout the entire day. And I just feel, at 28 years old, that I should not be tired all day long.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm sitting over here nodding my my head because. I feel for Ian, I don't think that you're the only person who's who's in that camp. Well, and and I guess too, you
0: look at all of the energy drinks and you see how that is—it's literally an entire industry now. You know, it's just exploded, and I would assume that's because everybody feels tired. But I'm I'm here to tell you, Heather, if I sleep for three hours at night or if I sleep for ten hours at night, I feel tired throughout the day. If I drink coffee in the morning or don't drink any coffee i feel tired throughout the day if i drink coffee throughout the day i feel tired throughout the day you know i if i drink a lot of water i feel tired throughout the day so i i don't know i out of the stuff that I've tried, I haven't gained weight. I haven't lost weight. I haven't gained muscle. I've toned up, you know, to where, <clears throat> to where you might be able to see my <clears throat> my six pack if I if I really get the right lighting and kind of take some <laughs> nice stripes.
1: <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Really, in that Instagram pic?
0: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I just like uh, flex it, and I I just get the the I just you know, work on the cell phone angle and everything like that, then I mm. might have a six pack. Um, but no, in all seriousness, you know, I've trimmed up, but I've never like gained muscle mass and kept it. Um, but I've never like lost the muscle mass either. And I've never, I've never really, really trimmed up and lost a bunch of fat to where, you know, I, you could really see, say a good six pack. I mean, yeah, you could, you could always kind of see it but never like completely trimmed up where it's like, I, I don't even know, like a swimsuit model or whatever the hell you want to call it. I don't even know. Like like mm. some of the Instagram hunters, you know, the ones that like got six packs and everything.
1: Ah. <laughs> 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 uh, all, all the ones I've ever seen are just wearing camo, so I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> right, yeah. We must
0: follow different hunters. I think I need to yeah. follow some of mine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, But anyways, I guess long story short, so I don't, you know, and I've gone to the doctor and I, I've told them that and they tested my thyroid, they test, they did blood work, did all this stuff. So all I can think is it's gotta be, I, I feel that it's gotta be something nutritionally and I don't know what damn thing about nutrition, but I just feel that there's gotta be something I'm doing or not doing that is making me always feel tired
1: yep and uh i there i mean there we could get super geeked and nerdy on this but obviously don't want to go too far into the weeds i think that even with the nutrition <laughs> i got a lot where we
0: could trim those weeds
1: <laughs> so <laughs> intense your listeners will be like glutathione what like what, what are we talking about i do think that a more balanced nutrition plan I sound like a broken record I do think that would make a difference because what happens is if you wake up in the morning and let's say you don't eat anything and let's let's pretend that you've had like a moderately high carbohydrate diet over your lifetime and so your body is accustomed to getting sugar in at regular intervals and so what can happen is let's say you skip breakfast And then a few hours later, you get a blood sugar crash, and you're like, oh, dude, like, I just feel lethargic, or I feel hangry or whatever it is. And so then you might eat a really large meal, let's say if you have like, a turkey sandwich with chips and a soda, I'm not saying that you actually eat that, but just as an example. And so after eating that meal, your body wants to go into a rest and digest phase. and so. You know, after a Thanksgiving dinner, you eat so much that you feel exhausted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, and so let's say you eat a really big meal for lunch. And then what do you know? You don't feel any more energetic. You feel exhausted. And then a right. couple hours go by, and you get a blood sugar crash again, because you had to spike your blood sugar by eating a couple pieces of bread and a bag of chips and a soda. And so you, you end up riding this roller coaster <laughs> with your blood sugar, where it's either peaking or it's crashing and so your experience of that might be like dude i never feel like i have good sustainable energy i feel like i'm just riding the wave
0: yeah i go and and that is one of the main reason i tried ketos because and and we've you know, we have discussed that uh, I might have never actually got into ketogenesis due to all the protein I was eating. Um, but I heard that fat, you know, energy off of fat was more was less spiky, you know, mm-hmm. basically as than energy from carbs. And I was like, That sounds exactly like what I need. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean and, and then after people like, well
0: intentioned. <laughs> yeah, and then three bags of string cheese and one day
1: later. I was like taking a nap in my truck. Yeah, I know. And so that's why I'm just like, it does take time for your body to get more fat adapted. Like this stuff doesn't happen overnight. But without going keto even, even if you can just manage your blood sugar levels better, uh, like that will make a difference. But I think the stuff that you said earlier about eating more red meat, getting some green vegetables in, without even looking at carbs and proteins and fats of your macronutrients there's also a lot going on at the micronutrient level so
0: (laughs) yeah like i say
1: (laughs) the weed yeah i
0: started looking at the macro the micros and the mucros and i i got lost somewhere along the way and just ate a bag of cheerios
1: yeah yeah i think you're you're not alone in that man like it's it's too complicated for people and that's why I just wish that we could like give people just big picture stuff. Like here, eat this much protein a day and see how you feel. And then here, like try to balance your carbohydrates with your proteins and see how you feel. Like there's there's big picture stuff that we can do that has a profound impact without us ever having to go into the weeds. Gotcha. So, well,
0: well I don't <sighs> mind going into the weeds. I'm not afraid of them. Well, so I would maybe, maybe can... on an, on another podcast is, I guess is what I did. I should have said that before. I just blurted that out on another <laughs> podcast, you know, maybe, maybe after I stick to this plan, um, that might be something kind of interesting to go over in another podcast is, <clears throat> is, uh, you know, my results or whatever. Um, and then, you know, then maybe we could, Sock more in depth on something like that if if you'd be open to that.
1: Yeah, I would I would love to do something like that, assuming that you trust me. You assume that I'm not just making this shit up as we go along here. <laughs> Heather, I'll
0: be honest with you. I've trusted you ever since you were talking about rowing and started nerding out on
1: eating eggs like Rocky Balboa. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Well, if 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 you do try this, which I hope that you do, I would love to hear how it goes because this is what before I started Heather's Choice, this is all that I did was work with athletes on their nutrition. Whether it was like I can't lose weight, I can't gain weight, I feel tired, I don't sleep, like whatever the case may be, and that's why I think this stuff is so interesting because we all have, you know stuff going on and we all can benefit from really looking at our diet and saying, what can I do better here? Like, is there something I can tweak that's gonna give me more energy, that's gonna make me more productive, or am I trying to gain muscle? And I'm not seeing results. Like do I need to tweak my training or do I need to eat more protein? There's there's so many levers we can pull with this stuff and it's so powerful. And I would be so elated for you to find something that actually got you the results you wanted.
0: Well, I mean, let's be honest. Like, I I would love to look like a sawed-off Dolph Lundgren. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm only like five six, so I'm never going to look like Dolph. That dude is a giant. Um, and the only reason for all the Rocky, <laughs> the, all the Rocky movies analogies is we just watched Creed two. And it was excellent. And then we watched this other movie that I'd never even heard of, and come to find out, the Rocky movies were inspired by this true life story. And yeah, something that I didn't even you know I saw a squirrel over there, and I just had to chase it. But (laughs) um, yeah, because I I would I would personally love to gain a little bit more muscle weight. You know, honestly, I I would love to be around 165 to 170 pounds of muscle weight because. I currently pack way, way more than I should in a backpack. And I feel having that kind of muscle weight to help support me structurally, I feel it. I, I mean, I, I don't even know if I feel it. I just think it should help. I don't know that it will. I, I have no idea. But for some reason, I think that being a little bit more muscular would help. Because, I mean, when <clears throat> I don't know, Heather. I've, I've put a lot of shit in a backpack and walked out of there. And, and I, I don't know, I don't know how it couldn't help, but then again, once again, I I don't know enough about it to know if it truly would help before trying to do it, I guess is probably the best way to put it.
1: Yeah. And obviously it depends on the person, but I also think that it's good to note that <clears throat> the more muscle mass we have is actually directly uh, correlated with our lifespan because you know what kills people when they get old they fall down and break a hip you know like it's it's becoming frail it's like not maintaining our bone mass because we don't have muscles that are like causing tension on the bones and keeping them strong so i'm all for being as strong as you can be like if you're balanced overall
0: so i don't think
1: i don't think that it would hurt you one bit <clears throat> in performance and i don't think that it would hurt in your uh, your quest to have the body composition you want because muscle burns so many more calories than fat ever does. So you and I sitting right here, if you're, you have 10 more pounds of lean muscle mass on you, you just burn more calories in the last hour than you would have had you not had that 10 pounds of muscle.
0: Gotcha. You know, and some of the things that I, and it's all probably just literal shit that I've heard, Is, you know, if if you get really muscular, you can get tired quicker. Or if you get really muscular, um, you're going to need to consume more protein or more water or more whatever. And and you just get wore down quicker and all this crap. So I I don't know what's true and what's not. You know, are you kidding me? Um, I do know that I tried to eat eggs like Rocky and I almost threw up. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> again with the extreme
1: <laughs> you have to go to the extreme uh,
0: yeah <laughs> it was it was interesting I did mix it with blueberries and once again the chia seeds, and that was actually quite delightful
1: oh interesting yeah. can't
0: say I've tried yeah. that one you should it yep anyways <laughs> um so yeah so you know you say that that, that you don't see how it could help, but that's, that's like the negative stuff that I've heard. And I don't know if there's any truth to that kind of stuff. Um, I just, you know, I just don't know.
1: Yeah, it, I think it's, once again, like there's that, that kind of bro science or some of the stuff you're saying reminds me of kind of like bodybuilder nutrition of like, hey, you know, if you get like too big and too muscular, then you've got to take a bunch of creatine or like a bunch of excess protein just to maintain it. But if you're just a, a healthy fit individual that's doing like full body exercise and uh lifting three to four days a week, I don't see you getting so oh. swole that <laughs> you're just uncomfortable and tired all the time. I just I it's don't like cold
0: and not be able to itch my ears. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, I'm not your girl.
1: I can't help you. right right (laughs) (laughs) so funny uh
0: you didn't know that I was gonna make you laugh this much did you
1: nope I had no idea yeah what I was in for I hope this is like at in the at all helpful in like a smidge of a way You know, I think I, I
0: really do feel that going through my specific scenario, um, cause I would assume like we've talked that there's a lot of people out there that feel stuck. A lot of people out there that feel tired all the time. And, um, you know, we discussed a lot about, uh, how to mitigate that. We also talked about how to figure out, you know, your proteins, your carbs and your fat per day. And, uh, that's, that's like half the battle because I think that seems so overwhelming for people that they're just like, to hell with it. I'm just going to eat whatever I want. you know. Even even using the apps, sometimes, I will literally – and this is no shit. I will literally look over and I'll be like, what do I want for lunch? And I start thinking, holy shit, if I have all this stuff, I'm going to have to scan it into the app, and then I'm going to have to try and find it in the app, or I'm going to have to make a new food. And I just look at it I'm like, what did I have yesterday that is already in there? Was it healthy?
1: Yep, I'm having that again.
0: <laughs> right.
1: It, I, you know, I, I was going to say that. Like, if you eat, we tend to eat the same things over and over and over again. So that's where once you get into the habit of tracking, it becomes easier and easier because that stuff's already in your little right. program.
0: Right. Right. But no, I I think we've covered. I think we covered quite a bit of good stuff. Um. So, uh, kind of to wrap this up because I've, I've already. Consumed a solid hour and a half of your evening. I guess it's not quite evening there because you guys are what four hours behind me. I think. Um, no, are you Pacific time?
1: uh I'm in Pacific time right now because I'm in Oregon, gotcha. but we have we have our own time zone way up there in Alaska. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. Uh, yeah, four hours behind in Alaska, so that's I. I did. I
0: yeah, and then it dawned on me it's Pacific time. So. Um, so, kind of to end this up, you know, why don't we just go over a few of maybe the more <clears throat> generic or most common questions that you get, whether it be <clears throat> via Instagram or people actually reach out to Heather's choice of the business and try and get all of you well you know what are what are a few of the more common questions you get?
1: Man, uh, a lot of the stuff we, we talked about earlier of just what should I eat when I go camping? I, I get that question a lot. And I do think that people are on either one in the spectrum or the other. So they might be like, okay, I'm going to grab chips and donuts and Oreos and like whatever kid-like foods I want for my hut and call it good. <laughs> Just like turn it into the free for all, or they're so focused on the keto aspect of things that instead of eating good, whole, healthy foods, it does become just like butter powders and cheese powders and <laughs> a lot of powders. And I don't know, like, why so that's a good idea. Um, so I, I'm really just always pushing for people to say, okay, like, what's a reasonable diet like if i was gonna eat lean proteins and good quality fats and some fruits and vegetables and maybe some gluten-free grains here and there like you'd be in pretty darn good shape but that now that i'm like rambling once again the one thing that i see for a lot of people especially on their backcountry trips is they don't bring enough protein and then they find that they're always hungry so that's where I tend to always start with people is for them to sit back and say, okay, do I have protein with my breakfast? Do I have jerkies around lunchtime? Do I have a lot of protein in my dinner meal? Because that's going to really impact not only your performance while you're out there and your recovery, but it's also going to impact your appetite. So not only what should I eat, but the just, my answer to that is not only that you should consider eating some good whole healthy foods, even if they're dehydrated or freeze dried, but you should also really look at getting enough protein while you're out there.
0: So, with that, uh, is is like supplementing that protein with, you know, whey protein powder or some other type of protein powder, is that is that a good idea or uh, or is it better to try and supplement it with, you know, jerkies or or nuts for some protein? Like what what's what's a good way to add more protein to the diet after you've already had some, I don't know, freeze-dried eggs and some, uh, some jerky and you have, say, you know, chicken or, or something, some sort of high protein in your dinner? What's what's a good way to add some protein there?
1: Yeah, I think you already hit it. it you can definitely do a serving of protein while you're out there. A uh, whey protein is great to mix in with oatmeal, or if you bring some sort of a water bottle and you don't mind, you know, using it to shake up a, a smoothie while you're out there, that's totally reasonable. The only reason I I really push for people to have more things like turkeys or uh, almonds or a Dehydrated meal is because when we, when we actually chew our food, it does signal to the brain that we've eaten. Whereas if you just drink a whole bunch of calories, your brain doesn't get in on the, the experience of eating because you didn't actually masticate and chew. And so you can no shit. override it. Yeah. I mean, that's how people get so big. Like they just drink their calories and then your brain's like, I don't remember eating. That didn't happen. <laughs> so there's a lot to be said for actually chewing your food. So <laughs> while really I think you can, yeah, you can supplement with uh, protein powders and whatnot, but there's you can't just do that. It is important to chew your food.
0: I'm, I'm going to put your theory to the test and I, and I feel that you have, I feel there's all kinds of stuff to back it. So it's like nothing against you. I want to try chewing my protein powder and just see if I feel (laughs) just like. Throw in a mouthful and just chew for a while and then swallow it and then throw in and
1: chew. Oh, my not of, God. Not of just
0: powder. Not of just powder. I she okay. like, Jesus, no. I'm not just going <laughs> to dump powder in my mouth and start chewing, Heather. Come on. I am was actually the
1: cinnamon test, you know, where people have to take, like, a spoonful of cinnamon and it's physically impossible. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, no. I was thinking, like, literally mix up my shake and... Put some in my mouth and then just chew and then swallow it. Put some in my mouth, chew and then swallow it. I just want to see if I feel more full afterwards because that's that's that that kind of stuff is super interesting to me. The way the brain works is really interesting to me as well. But, anyways, um I think that might have been a red squirrel running across the yard over there. But, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> what what is another common question? You know, if, if there's one that comes to your mind, um
1: can't think of anything for for backcountry nutrition or just nutrition in general
0: oh just just any kind of question that that people are like hey so yeah what about this and you're like man 400 people yesterday asked that question oh my gosh um
1: i do think that a lot of people ask about supplementation and I personally use supplements. I think they're great. Like we have really good friends who work over at Wilderness Athlete and nothing against them. I just feel really strongly about people first getting a handle on their whole foods nutrition before they start dropping in supplements. Cause we tend to use supplements like a band-aid. Uh, mm. I, I don't that makes think sense. that's a, yeah, it's not a sustainable long-term strategy. So if I, eat like crap or I don't eat it all, but then I take a bunch of vitamins, then I maybe don't even have the other necessary nutrients for my body to process and absorb all those vitamins I just took. So as an example, if you take vitamin D, but you don't have it with a carrier fat and with vitamin K2 your body maybe doesn't even assimilate and absorb that vitamin D that you just paid good money for. So mm. that's why, you know, people are so much better served by, say, eating like a whole egg with uh, the yolk coming from a pasture-raised chicken, because that egg is going to have all of the other necessary nutrients with it that your body needs to actually digest and assimilate. Those vitamins and minerals that your body needs. So, I just really caution people on relying on supplements if they don't have a good whole foods nutrition plan in place.
0: Gotcha. No, that that makes sense to me. Um, I, it makes it makes a lot of sense. Uh, you just like you say, just go, going out there and being like, oh, you know, I kind of like eating donuts all the time, so I'm, just, I'm gonna <laughs> use, use all these supplements over here you know donuts are extremely light in my backpack and so are the supplements so we'll be good
1: yeah Um, yeah i'm sure you can you can get away with anything you could get away with not eating for an entire week so our bodies are so resilient but if we want to do this for a lifetime or we want to go on you know six seven eight nine ten trips a year we'd be served to uh to focus on this stuff a little bit more and make it more of a lifestyle, make it a bit more sustainable so that when you do go into the backcountry, you don't come out of there feeling like death. Instead, you come out of there (laughs) feeling like, man, I could keep going. Like, how nice would it be if you felt like that?
0: Uh, I've had a few trips where I came out feeling like death. (laughs) I did. And the one I packed out like a whole elk, and it was just – yeah, it was like 90 some odd degrees. I ran out of water. and
1: Oh, I thought that you was, said you didn't need to drink water.
0: <laughs> I, I, well, I, I didn't. That's, that's why I ran out. That's <laughs> that's why I got into the predicament of seeing double while it was 95 degrees. Uh, um, well, yeah, it was... I got to the point where I was like rationing my water and everything. <laughs> but... That is that is all something that we can talk about in a later podcast, because um, <laughs> I I would love to dive into, you know, things like <clears throat> things like water, things like coffee, you know, things like. Uh, <clears throat> You know, there's quite a few companies out there that offer something like a hydrate and recover type deal. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I I would love to dive into that kind of stuff with you. And after I start doing, you know, the protein and the carbs and the fats and on my deathbed drinking more water, um, we can dive dive into the weeds. You know, hell, we can even dive into the cattails. Those are thicker than most weeds. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah i'll have to do a little bit of homework make sure i'm uh all my, my vitamins and minerals right pronouncing them and getting them all it's like i say, there's so much to it that that's why i try to focus on the big picture stuff for people because right, otherwise right. they tend to like glaze over and they're like yeah i don't know what you're talking about anymore <laughs> absolutely absolutely well heather why don't you let
0: people know uh you know where they can find you on Instagram website. Where they can get your stuff. What are what are some of your products that you offer? Some of your big hit products. Um, I know you already said that. Uh, I think you said your packaroons are are your gateway gateway snack,
1: and uh, mm. it,
0: they were good. They were good.
1: Yeah, thank you. So my daytime job now full time all day every day is building Heather's Choice and. We're a line of dehydrated meals and snacks for adventuring, and we make everything ourselves back in Anchorage, Alaska. And so we have a variety of products. We have our gluten-free buckwheat breakfast, which is, it's like a, it's like an oatmeal where you just add hot water to the bag. But the difference is that it's completely grain-free. So for anybody who has intolerances to grains, which is a great brand number of people out there, uh, or if you have intolerances to dairy, then that's a really fantastic breakfast option. And then we have our coconut packaroons, which are a macaroon for your backpack. And again, they are our gateway drug. Everybody <laughs> loves them. And they pack about 160 calories per ounce. So as you we were talking about earlier, if you're looking for high calorie stuff, that's what we're all about. And then... What I really love working on is our dehydrated dinner. So we have a dark chocolate chili with grass-fed bison, which is our best seller. And that is a meal that I will make at home for uh, my boyfriend Brad and I, and take any leftovers and put them on the dehydrator, and then take that with us in the backcountry. And that is exactly what you get in a Heather's Choice meal, is a recipe that is good enough to eat at home that's also going to taste as if it's a home cooked meal. So pretty proud of that one. And then we also have a smoked sockeye salmon chowder made with Alaskan wild pot salmon. And we have, it's a little of four dinners right now, but by the time people hear this, we'll potentially have five. And then I'd like to have six in time for hunting season this year. And someday 10 or 20 just want to keep expanding and growing.
0: <laughs> awesome
1: <laughs> yeah so we like i say make everything at our kitchen in anchorage and we ship everything out of anchorage as well so people can find us at com. we'll be launching in 25 rei stores this spring with the packer rooms and then we'll all congratulations be launching. thank you thank you that's been a, a long time coming just a, a that's been a dream of mine for a really long time and the next step is getting our dinners into rei in all 150 stores which is going to be an undertaking simply because i don't know that i can make enough meals (laughs) to service that many stores but i will find a way
0: there you go uh,
1: yeah then we also are going to be launching on amazon so for customers who who don't want to pay for the shipping or need it really quick we're hoping to be on Amazon Prime in time for hunting season because I, I definitely understand that people wait to the last minute <laughs> to buy food for their trips and I you can't get anything from that. Alaska <laughs> <laughs> we literally all of August answer the phone and people are like hey I'm leaving on my elk hunt tomorrow can you like <laughs> send me some food and it's like No, you had all year to play up with it. (laughs) You could have called us a week ago, even, and we could have gotten you in time. (laughs) Oh, man. So don't call me, Zach, on August 15th and ask if you can get some food. The answer is no. (laughs) And I thought we were friends. I know. It doesn't matter if we're friends. I won't have any food by then.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. It'll all be shipped out.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That's the idea. Absolutely. Oh, wicked, Heather. Well,
0: I appreciate you coming on the podcast. I've I've really enjoyed it. I hope you had a good time as well. Um, and I, I look forward to having you back on. And, you know, since you're in Alaska, we could dive into the willows that the moose hang out with.
1: Yeah, for sure. When you come to Alaska, swing by the kitchen, we'll see you there. And uh, yeah. yeah, thanks for having me.
0: That concludes this episode of Archery Maniacs. I hope you enjoyed the show. A brand new podcast ending will be coming soon.